Hey, welcome back to this special bonus episode of the Infamous Podcast. Uh, I'm Brian. This is Comrade uh, Daryl. Comrade. <laughs> Comrade Daryl. I would try. I would try my Russian accent, but it's it's not that good. No. It's 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 probably better than my McConaughey accent, but uh, not all by much. right, all right, all right, comrade, <laughs> Com- comrade. Anyway, uh, yeah, hey, so we have a bonus episode for you guys this week. It is our Army of the Dead review. So many new Woo-hoo. kinds of do- so many new kinds of zombies. Like that was my biggest takeaway. Is like. I did not realize there were such distinct class of zombies. Um, tons of questions. <laughs> That's zombiest. You're, you're trying to say all zombies are alike. <laughs> all zombies look alike. Um, all right, so <laughs> we're obviously gonna we're gonna spoil the movie. Um, we're gonna try and not go for an hour, but I'm not gonna make any guarantees there because we do like to talk. Um, hence a podcast. Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah d how you doing today buddy uh it's a nice monday you know work day yeah no sports though i'm excited it's a four-day week for me because i have friday off oh i'm not sure if i'm gonna take any days off Uh, i'll probably take some off next week though because memorial day is next monday i keep I, I keep forgetting that. So I, I mean, just just looking at my email earlier, I was like, oh yeah, we do have Monday off. I, I do that. I yeah. tend to do that. So I'm doing a rare Brian four day weekend, which you know I don't typically Ooh. do. So, um, but yeah, okay. So let's uh let's just jump right into it as as the kids like to say, uh, Army of the Dead, Netflix original, Zachary G. Snyder. Uh, starring Dave Bautista. I I actually like this. <laughs> yeah. So, so. When, when I I was gonna say when I wrote my notes down, uh, pretty much after I watched it the first time, I just said Zack Snyder plus zombies plus heist, perfect ingredients for entertainment. Yeah. So this is by far not a perfect movie. Um, this is a fun movie. This movie looks very good. Uh, I want to say congratulations to Zach for not using his typical muddied color palette. Uh, it was bright. (laughs) It was sunny. Even in the dark, you could tell what was going on, uh, what little bit happened in the dark. And, uh, and and yeah, so this has been like a labor of love for him, right? He's been writing the script forever. I imagine he's probably written and rewritten this script like 10 or 15 times. Yeah, I just wish he would have rewritten it one more time and cut one character yeah, out completely. We'll get to her. So, uh, real quick, just kind of the tagline for this. Following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Um, so, a couple questions about this little tagline that Netflix has out. This isn't following... A zombie outbreak. The zombie outbreak has been happening for a while. Yeah, it's right? like several years. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's long enough that a president ran and got elected on the I'm going to blow up the zombie zone. <laughs> right? Like, I'm going yeah. to go straight up Dinosaurus and I'm going to turn Las Vegas to glass. Um. Anyway. So, so yeah, it's... Uh, it's interesting. It's um I don't know. I don't know. It's it's fun. Uh it was fun. And here's the thing is I think Dave Batista or Batista is turning into quite the actor. I won't say quite the actor. Well, I will So when I say quite the actor, I'm talking for his ilk as far as professional okay. wrestlers go. Oh, okay. Okay. So like yeah. John Cena has the best comedic timing of the three of them, hands down. The dude's yes. hilarious. Uh, Dave has the best acting range in Chops, and yes. The Rock is just a douchebag. So now anyway. he has his charisma. He has <laughs> yes, like he, just... he does. He's he's very charismatic, although, but he's always although the I rock. did t- I, although I did tell you there were two movies where he actually had actually better emotional range or just as good, I should say, I know. as Batista does. I know. The tooth fairy and the game plan. 
I get it. <laughs> wow, that you went. I forgot about those movies. <laughs> yeah, most Jeez. people, most people have. Um, I'll never. <laughs> I think he has. I'll never let him forget that he played a hockey playing tooth fairy. So. Yeah. That was the biggest stretch of that movie is that The Rock could play hockey. Actually, not even play hockey, that The Rock could ice skate. <laughs> I mean, he can only do four wrestling moves. Anyway, let's not talk about The Rock. Let's talk about the fact that Batista rocked in this movie. Um, Scott Ward was a was a pretty like interesting character. Yeah, and the one thing I liked about him is how he, he always just, for the most part, seemed really calm. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he had that very low key delivery of lines yeah. unless it, unless the situation warranted it, which, so I like that type of, you know, just calm and cool. Whereas a lot of times you see a character or an actor like Batista try to be more intimidating mm-hmm. in the sense of how he delivers stuff and how he stands. And he was just, he just like fit himself into every scene oh, in the yeah. sense of, so that's actually other than that was probably more impress, impressive to me mm-hmm. than like one or two, like one of his emotional scenes. It was just because this yeah. was throughout the movie and this well, was like consistent. There was this one like really emotional scene near the end. And um, the dude from screen rant who does the pitch meeting nailed the reason for that scene. Um, with uh what's her name anna kate uh no it was uh, oh no maria. oh you're talking about with maria maria yeah. Yeah. yes uh yeah where you know they, they took the time out where she professed her love just so we could care about her long enough for her to get her neck broken and um it made me think of the whole jenny calendar thing in angel where he broke her neck and he didn't feed from her the zombie did not bite her he just killed her yeah or uh Which... yeah and so you know um but yeah, so I, I let's go down through the characters real quick. Let's do a character rundown. So we had Scott Ward, Dave Batista. He's the leader of the group. Um, you know, former mercenary, now um, burger chef. <laughs> you had which his, that just makes no sense, right? But, right. Okay. Know, right. You had his daughter Kate, who um, should have been snapping right out of the movie, who is uh, a volunteer for the World Health Organization and just pain in everybody's ass um amari hardwick who i think probably stole the movie in, in a lot yeah, of I'm... ways as uh vanderhoe <laughs> yeah he was actually one he was actually the one I, I wanted more of yeah absolutely so um then we have maria who we talked about who was uh a friend of scott's and a mechanic and then uh theo rossi showed up you know like it's always it's always good to see him and, and things but you know, just like Juice, he's a little weasel in this one too. Yeah, and he if is. you notice, he had like the Juice season six, season seven, like slick back hair and the little porn stash. Um, <laughs> so you know, like maybe this, like Juice didn't die. He he just you know became this douchebag, uh, abusive rapist security guard. Um, my other favorite character was Ludwig Dieter, the German safe cracker. Yeah, I, I really liked him. I liked him as the. <laughs> I actually liked him as you know with that comedic timing. Mm-hmm. But I, I I'll have to say one of my favorite characters was in it only for the intro, and that was the soccer mom. Yeah. I wanted to see more of her. Yeah. Her name's Danielle Bergio. I want to see honest, and again, I will get into the movie. But one of the things I want to see is I want to see that Lost Vengeance prequel mm-hmm. with, you know, Batista and Vandero. Uh, and soccer mom yeah. and maria like all of them and how they took you know and the i guess you would say the containment of las vegas yep that's another that's a movie i want to see yeah uh and then we had uh lily who was the coyote she was a cool character too yeah she was um, solid she solid. she she was she had a lot of different like um side deals going on during this whole thing right like she right. was she was pretty cool uh and then we had scorpion as bly tanaka <laughs> uh who orchestrated the whole thing garrett dillahunt as uh as martin who was his head of security um and then tig notaro who 
wasn't as bad as I thought she was going to be, but she's still pretty insufferable. Well, I don't know if you noticed the the thing that took away from her performance is that she was pretty much CG'd in literally in the movie because yeah. uh was Christelia was originally cast and then everything came out about him yeah. which I I don't even I don't even know what all came out but and you, and they and for the most part they do a good job of you not being able to tell but there are certain scenes where you see the CG yeah. and then there are other scenes that she is it would have worked better if you would see two people on the screen at the same yeah. time and yeah. and you never do with her but yeah she i thought she did fine it's just the circumstance i think took a little bit away from her performance honestly they should have just left crystalia in because he's hilarious um i don't i don't know like i know that name but i'm trying to figure out what i've seen him in uh he was in, I mean he's a stand up, right? He's a stand up comedian. He was on he was on Whitney Cummings show Whitney. Uh he was on that show Undateable. And then he's just made a bunch of like little cameos and movies and stuff like that, but he's mostly just a stand up comedian. Oh, okay. I I just looked him up real quick. Yeah. Anyway, um so where were we? So we were at Tig. And then we had Raul Castiello. As Guzman, who was actually kind of a cool character, um, I wasn't sure because he seemed like a social media uh, influencer. Yeah, right. But like, you know, he got it done when it when he needed to. And uh, then Chambers was his right man, right hand woman. Um, she was she was great too. With what little we got of her, the only problem with her is she kind of put everything out there and like had no chill. Yeah. And a fun fact about her is that, and where did I read this? It might've been on in the trivia or something like that, but she's wearing like her get up is almost identical to that of Vasquez in the aliens, in the movie aliens. Oh yeah. Uh, I, which I didn't realize that I, and I read that. And then when I watched it again, I was like, Oh yeah, I totally would not have gotten that. So I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah. they, you know, they, they try to kind of mimic, you know, some of Vasquez action sequences yeah. and mold and, and, you know, kind of translate yeah. them to, to I, her chambers, I, which I, I like I her. see that now. I didn't, I didn't get that either. So, um, and then we had, uh, Zeus, the alpha zombie King, the queen, <laughs> the alpha zombie queen, and then Michael Cassidy, um, again in a short role yeah um you may know him from the oc to me he'll always be julian luther luther lex luther's uh whiny younger brother not brother on smallville uh also grant gabriel was the name of that character too uh as S- sergeant kelly but he was one of the alpha zombies there at the end wasn't he i i don't i because the I one the one was. the one was wearing dog tags yeah i thought he so. was but, but but it he, wasn't he was him. Also, I think it was the same character. It just wasn't him. Yeah. Because and was, also, yeah. just a fun fact: he was also um, James Olsen. Oh, yeah. In Batman v yeah. Superman. Yeah. So. <laughs> and he had a little bit more screen time, I think, in this one than he did in that one. Uh well, considering he didn't make the final or the theatrical cut of the film, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, all right, so this movie opens up with a convoy leaving Area 51, um, and it runs into a car where the dude is getting roadhead. Um, the car runs into it, yeah, to be sorry, fair. Sorry, yeah, the car. Well, here's the thing. is Did you notice that they just dodge out of the way and let the truck get hit? Like, I thought yeah. the whole point for that convoy was to like just bust through so that the truck would stay safe. Yes. Of that's, course, that's that, a very good point. That guy driving the Humvee was kind of a dipshit when it when it came to everything because like when when uh, Sergeant Kelly was like, "Dude, we gotta go," and he's like, "No, we're fine. We've we're far enough away." And it's like, "Yeah, you're three, two, dead." <laughs> yeah, and and again, that was one of the things I had, uh, and and like you said, this movie is far from perfect. There are a lot of nitpicks which. Are more, are more eye rolly, and there there's nothing that really killed the movie for me. Well, there was one character that almost did, but like just little things like how 
there was a lack of urgency when the dispatcher told him he was she was like get the fuck away from this stuff and he was just like hey guys we're, we're not supposed to be here instead of saying hey dude let's go and no questions yeah. and so that was a little bit and yeah you're right where the guy was like i think we're far enough away <laughs> but yeah it that was a pretty decent intro but the real intro for me was after that after you know the driver gets his lower jaw removed yeah that was crazy that was gnarly and uh cassidy gets bitten the scene of everything going on and i love how they start it with the elvis impersonator playing the piano yeah and then you see all the chaos going on behind (laughs) him and again the traditional Zack snyder slow motion on top of slow motion you know it was it was it was also kind of a little like guy richie a little bit with that scene with some of the the way that the the camera would pan around um on the slow-mo i mean it was still very much Zack snyder don't get me wrong but yeah uh no that was a great scene and uh seeing everybody turning and then we got like kind of the prequel to uh batista and his crew um yeah that's wiping out zombies yeah is that what that is Yeah, is that that something else that's coming out? Because there's like a whole there's a whole universe being built around this movie now. Because why not, right? You can't just have a one off like cool ass movie. Yeah, so I they they didn't really tell say what everything was about. Like the prequel is you know Batista's character uh, Maria, I think Vander Vanderho or yeah Vanderho, yeah Vanderho is in there, and then. uh, Mr. Sofia Vergara is in there as yep. well. Joe which, again, Magliano. Yeah. Mangello. And since we, we could pretty much say what happens to his character, considering that he's not he's there. Yeah. Not this maybe, one. maybe he's the alpha zombie. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens on these prequels. Cause so this one, that, that prequel is an animated movie. Okay. And then you have the one where, so there's, uh, D, D, Dieter is going to yeah. be Army I, of I think Peace. he's going to be directing. Yeah, it yeah. says he will direct and star which will take place before the events of Army of the Dead and focus on Dieter. The film will also star Natalie Emmanuel, aka uh Khaleesi's little uh buddy there. Um I can't remember her name from Game of Thrones now. <laughs> um Miss Sandy, thank you, Brian. Yes. And she's also uh Megan Ramsey from uh the fast movies yep because remember at the end of fast eight she tries to tell them what's her last name um and we know this but the characters don't know that her last name is ramsey so but you know uh tyrese and Ludacris are both idiots so they'll never figure that out um <laughs> but so yeah uh guz Khan, rubio fee Stuart martin jonathan cohen you know among other people so yeah that began development in october filming wrapped december 2020 so it was maybe a six week shoot six week shoot and you're correct the anime style of uh army of the dead las vegas is what it says here um will center around some of the characters from army of the dead during the early phase of the zombie outbreak so i guess that's going to be our my lost vengeance yep which again, I like animated style movies. So one of the movies I, I I've told you about a dozen times. It's is, a uh, series. Not a, not a, not yeah. A oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. But Train to Busan is one of yeah. one of my favorite zombie movies, and there is actually a prequel, animated prequel that's on Amazon Prime, and I don't recall the name of it. And it's again, it works. So that's hey, I don't mind this because again, I. I really enjoyed this movie for what it was. Is Train to Busan on Amazon? It was. I don't know if it still is. That's one I need to watch. Yeah, it's awesome. I have not watched. I've yet to watch that one. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the movie was released um, in theaters for on six hundred theaters. It made seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars. So. You know, um, it was projected to make 1.5 to 2 million based on pre-sales. But let's be honest. 
we're never going to see another billion dollar movie again. So if this movie in one day, one weekend made $780,000, all right, you know, sure. It had a 70 to $90 million budget, but Netflix doesn't care about that. <laughs> yeah. And let's be honest too. It, it did not get much fanfare as far as being out in theaters. I didn't realize it was going to be out in theaters until maybe five or six days before it did. So uh, I didn't realize I was out in theaters until I pulled up the search to find the Wikipedia entry. Yeah. So, so <laughs> um, but yeah, so, all right. The, 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 the characters, they're, they're, they're all kind of, it's funny. I think he went out of his way not to just make them caricatures. Yes. For the most part. Uh, yeah, um, like, because, like, yeah. Vandero is a philosophy. He has a degree in philosophy, yep. which I missed that before when, oh. you know, when he's holding up the picture. But when you're listening to him talk and how he talks about things, it makes total sense yep. why he talks the way he does. Oh, yeah. So, and then, you know, there was, uh, you know, the, the Dieter with the, you know, safe cracking as an art was really cool. I, like I said, I thought the, you know, Nora, uh, Lily, sorry, the coyote was a very like multi-layered character. And then you had uh, Chambers who was like, no chill, right? She she gets caught. <laughs> she literally gets caught in a trap. Um, Not just to quote the Elvis song there, um, but she was <laughs> she was caught in a trap from from Gareth Dillahunt's Martin. And she fights her way out. Only to have nobody help her. <laughs> and again, this is one of those scenes where it's... Pl there was plenty of time for people to help her. Mm -hmm. There was plenty of time actually for her to roll out. Because when oh, yeah. she gets out of there, there's no zombie in front of her. No. She could have just done a roll and roll to safety. But So that was one of those things. And again, movies do this a lot where they're when they want something you know, impactful to happen and they don't do a good enough job building it to the point where it makes sense in the movie. If, if she would have been surrounded, that would have made sense. But the way they shot it, it, it messes up that, you know, suspension of disbelief, which again, yeah. we're talking about zombies and all that. But sure. again, when you say suspension of disbelief, you're talking about in that particular world. We're not talking about the real world. So <laughs> in that world, you know, zombies exist. In that world, these badass people are looking for, you know, trying to get into a safe and get $200 million. So in this world, the way they shot that, it did a disservice to the scene and the impact a little bit because again it was pl there was plenty of opportunity to help her yeah um yeah not only that but like just i i, I mean I, there was you're right there was just a ton of ton of opportunity there um i also thought that you know the the trap that nora ended up walking into from martin was kind of out of character for that character yeah you know the the you know i've trusted you one too, you trusted me one too many times <laughs> and of course then there was the uh the old switcheroo yeah and and again i think I, it was one of those things where i was doing stuff like when i first watched it so there were little things like that i saw when she lifted that up and i remember thinking like what is she gonna do with that and i must have turned away because one of the things this movie does a lot is it it brings in and out of focus in the foreground and background when they want you to when they want you to concentrate on something well it's almost and, like this movie was filmed using portrait mode from the ios camera app um <laughs> where you can control that field of vision and, and you can keep it really shallow um yeah so i don't know uh interesting just like like it was it was just fun it was, it was just a fun little stupid movie like this is the type of movies that they need to release in theaters right now there there was no politics in this there was no you know everybody was just equally available to be killed yes so and 
but there were like there were the the plot armor on these characters was very thin in some cases paper mache um yeah which i enjoyed actually there were like you realized when they first got in i mean during the whole little like i'm gonna rock the world on fire montage there zombie killing montage like you kind of get got it you thought that the soccer mom and the daughter were gonna get away and no they get smashed by the uh the shipping container um yeah which was a fantastic way to start the movie (laughs) um and and that was a perfect example of how they they framed that scene where there was nothing they could do to help her right and that's what they they needed to do with chambers which let's not be remiss and not talk about that action sequence of her trying to fight her or not trying, but fighting her way out. That was very well done in a tight cramped space, you know, just with a knife and a handgun and how smart she was too. just like, you know, okay, this zombie starting to move stab this zombie starting to move stab. And it wasn't until like just a, you know, happenstance um, pan falling on the ground that woke it all up. So, um but all right let's uh let's talk about the classes of zombies here <laughs> which again very interesting <laughs> so so you have the alphas and we'll talk we'll actually talk about the alphas last um but you had the dehydrated zombies who stayed out in the vegas sun dried up <laughs> but then would reanimate when it the rare times that it rained and they were rehydrated um you had the hibernating zombies who were just in the dark, just, you know, all the lights are out. I'm going to go to bed. Um, <laughs> you, you had the mindless, what they called scuttlers that would just eat anything warm. We learned uh, you had the animal zombies with uh, the tiger and the horse <laughs> and God knows what else. Um, you had the Kung Fu zombies. Yeah, those were the, I don't know. The question I have is, are the, were those the fast slash specialists or were they, uh, on that level of alphas? I don't know. That's they, didn't, the one... they didn't explain that well enough. I like to think they were the, the alpha bit, a bunch of Cirque du Soleil people. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, how many movies do you have zombies that are, you know, don't, going hand to hand with well, uh, special forces and, and are parkour experts? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> which funny in that behind in the Netflix behind the scene, that's what they that's exactly what they did. They hired a lot of guys, people who were parkour yeah. and you know free runners, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean it was great. <laughs> um, and then we had the alphas. Um. In, in, in Zeus, the the Alpha King was uh, was a very interesting zombie character. He didn't talk, but he communicated a lot. If you if you get my drift, um, mm-hmm. he was smart. He was capable. He wore a metal helmet to cover his head, which that in itself was something you've not seen in yeah. a zombie movie. Well, and it's because I don't think he was a zombie. And that's a very, very, and I, I didn't think about that until watching it again mm-hmm. and actually and paying more attention to it, and where they were coming from, Area Fifty One. Yes, had me wondering. Okay, this is not a genetic experiment. This might be an extraterrestrial type thing well, situation. And so, with some of the alphas when they were shot like this blue goo came out of them yes and then when um martin takes the queen's head which was a crazy scene um you know he got her with that little bolo rope and then you know piano wired her head off uh when they the the alpha takes her body back or the alphas take her body back they cut out like a little blue goo baby. Yes. So, like, is it like uh, that character in Men in Black where it was just the little, like, zomb- uh, alien guy driving the robot body? But in this case, it's a little parasite that grows and drives the human body in the case of the alphas. And that's why See, they're the- so smart and capable. 
damn it, these are see, these are the questions I want. And and again, that was one of those big questions as far as wanting to, or not just questions, but wanting to see more about this whole cast zombie system and the alphas the origin and who knows we might get that in that prequel series i'm gonna be That's honest great. i like just asking the question and not knowing the answer yeah. this is great i love that they didn't yeah. spoon feed me some bullshit story about oh well in area 51 in 1942 yeah yeah no, it was it was like okay we don't know what's back there it could be this it could be that it could be amelia Earhart still alive <laughs> um you know i mean that was that that's the beauty that th- this is the reason I enjoyed this movie as much as I did is that yeah. it did not spoon feed me. Yeah. It, and okay. And I liken it. And this is it's like, when it comes out of my mouth, it's going to sound weird. I liken it to Peter Parker's appearance in civil war. You know, we've had how many renditions are of Peter Parker in the comics of the Spider-Man two Spider-Man, yep. you know, series and we always get the uncle ben thing there's three origin stories we never need in comics again spider-man batman superman super yeah and i loved how instead of doing and again it might have been because they were forced to because he's a character that's going to be introduced dropped in the middle of the movie right we don't have time to do that right but it was still and to your point we don't need that and one of my favorite it's almost is a trope now in TV shows, and they they use it every now and then in t- in every TV show I believe, is where that is like that in media race where you'll get dropped off in the cold open, you'll see what's going on, and then they'll flash back to forty eight hours earlier or right. something. Right. Oh yeah. I like that. I like that. Do and you, this I, was kind I, of like that was the it, thing that annoyed me the most about Battlestar Galactica is they went to that trope way too often. Well, yeah, it, you have to do it right. You can't. There, there are times shows do it way too often, but it, like if I get one of those in a series, maybe once a season, that's fine to, by me. But yeah, it's gotten to the point where that's why I called it a trope because a, it, when yeah. it when it first started, I was like, oh, this is really cool, and now pretty much every show uses it. Yeah. But I like to your point of talking about not getting the origin of who Zeus is yep. or where he came from or whatever we kind of got that in the sense of, okay, this convoy is carrying this thing and to wherever they were carrying him. And we don't know that origin. Right. And that's what, that, that is what yeah, kind of where drew was me in, in the first place. Who were they taking him to? Like, you know, there was all that. Um, my other favorite thing was everybody thought that the, uh, the, the zombie queen, what we, we find out was the zombie queen was his homage to uh, wonder woman. Do you remember seeing all those posts about that? Um, mm-hmm. When in reality, she was just a showgirl. Yeah, she, she was a showgirl that Zeus took a shining to and made him her bride, made her yeah. made her his bride, and uh, he loved her. You could tell he loved her. Like they didn't have to have words. You could tell by his actions. You could tell by the the response. Um, the Alpha's makeup was great. Mm, uh, yes, it was. It was great. Uh, I I mean all the zombies looked good, um, but but the alphas like they they did a great job showing how different they were, um, you know is that a zombie in a cape? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes it, it it really was. Like at first I was like when he pulled the mask down I was like is that a Captain America mask? Is he like is Zack Snyder showing throwing shade at Marvel and Marvel fans? Well, being when zombies? I first saw it, the first thing I thought was Phantom of the Opera. Because it was kind of like that half mask almost. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was a zombie in a cape. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, it it was it was really good. It had a great like climactic scene. Um, you had the bit where you kind of thought they were gonna get away and they didn't, and you know, again, nobody was covered with plot armor except Van. <sighs> Well, not just him. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll finish on we'll we'll, we'll finish yeah. on a sour note. Well, so Vanderhoe, sorry, go ahead. I was about to say Vanderhoe was covered with vault armor. Yeah, vault armor. So he uh, <laughs> he was a, he became a character from Fallout, literally. Um, he he gets locked in the vault during like the big scene by Dieter, and Dieter saved his life, hands yes. down. Uh, 
because he had saved Dieter's life like four times um, up to that point. And so he, he comes out of this vault and he's got the money. Well, what money was left in there? Uh, and he's walking through where a low, albeit a low yield nuclear warhead had just gone off. Um, but like he gets to real world and he's not covered in, you know, lesions and bits of hair and skin falling out like badly in need of iodine. Um, so yeah. And I will say, and I think I told you this, the only saving grace for that is the fact that at the end, after he pays for, he's going to Mexico city with his winnings. Yep. He realized that he was, he was bitten. earnings. <laughs> He earned that. <laughs> he worked hard. He worked hard to get that money. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's true. Like, winning, winning doesn't sound like he went through what he went through to get that. Um, sorry, go ahead. Which, by the way, I was disappointed. How disappointed were you that he didn't get to use that saw other than in that intro scene? Uh, I <laughs> I wasn't surprised. I really wasn't. And when, when they talked about that on the on the screen rant pitch, I mean, it was like, yup, <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> That's the thing I laughed the hardest at. Um, no, you're right. Like, I, it would have been nice to see him use that, like, and take out. I don't know, maybe the alpha. Yeah, or at least one of the alphas. Yep. Something. So. But oh, going back to that, the only armor that I could say is that when he found out he got bit, maybe somehow that protected him from, especially if we're talking about something extraterrestrial. Yeah. Well, that could uh, what if that's absolutely the reason protected he didn't him. turn right away too is like all that nuclear all that radiation is gonna yeah. keep him from turning maybe he just got bit Ooh, maybe he's gonna be like blade he's gonna be like the daywalker version of an alpha he's like <laughs> he's still a person with all their strengths and none of their weaknesses and he can take headshot shots to the head and just keep on going <laughs> It's funny. I have to tell you after after we record, I have a very funny story about okay. that. Okay. But um, yeah. So and the other, do we want to talk about the yeah. other character? I mean, Kate. Kate was awful. <laughs> Just hands down. She. You could tell she was the Adrian Balboa wet blanket of the movie. Um. The the minute you met her, even before you knew who she was. Yes. So. Yes. And so the idea is that she is Scott's daughter, a strange daughter, I guess you would call it, because there there is a touch of a very emotional scene, a flashback where or it's actually a nightmare he's having where yeah. he actually has to kill his wife mm-hmm. who's trying to get to her daughter, which, yeah. again, that's talking about Batista's acting range. That was a very well done scene. He really surprised me there in the sense of, it was like, I don't know, have you ever seen the movie Maggie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Mm, maybe, maybe not. I don't remember. It's a zombie It's a zombie movie nope. with um, Abigail Breslin as oh, his daughter no. who gets infected. I watched that, and I was blown away at his performance in that movie. I mean, absolutely blown away. Interesting. It, like, the, level, the depth of emotion that he gets to in that movie. Yeah. It's something I never would expect it from him, ever. Uh, you should check it out. It's a really good movie. It's called Maggie. It came out probably like five, six years ago. Okay. But that's how Batista was in that scene, and like in the sense of actually buying what he was selling in that in that scene. So, you know, evidently what happens is they become estranged because he can't deal with what he had to do, and he does. He basically stops becoming a father. Mm. So. While it's understandable her, you know, attitude towards him, it's just everything else involved and what she does to compromise the mission, which really, really bugged me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was just constantly like, oh, I'm going to just mess this up. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's. And knowing that you have 20 minutes to get out. Mm before the nuke drops you're going to go what a quarter mile down the road into a hotel a massive hotel and search for someone who you don't know is alive or dead right Right. knowing that other people 
are going to be looking for you mm -hmm. and putting their lives on the line for you. She don't they, care. That that is the epitome. That is that type of selfishness yeah. is one of the is one of the big ways for me to just despise a character. Yeah. It's especially a character that it's not necessary in the film. No, if she was necessary for some reason and and you and, and and that selfishness played into the events and how they turned out, well, this does, but not in the way that I'm talking about, but important to all the other characters, their other arcs and all this stuff. Okay. But her selfish one, if they would have cut every scene with her out, they could have focused more on the alphas. They could have focused more on you know, the team and yeah. just the team building. We've could have gotten more of Vander Vanderhoe and uh, Dieter. We could have yeah. gotten more of Ward and Maria uh, Scott and Maria. Yeah. But instead we have this Kate who brings nothing to the movie. Well I feel as like a character. I feel like that was Zack Snyder's like self insert of just the bitchy little girl who's worth oh wait, no, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I no, I she she was she was just a trope. She was unnecessary, and you know, like I don't think Ava Purnell is is a horrible actress or anything like that. I just think it was a poorly conceived character. Well, and it wasn't very well written, and you know that it was the it was the major glaring kind of bad part of you know the movie. And and Zach Zach has done this before. And I think you know who I'm talking about, an actor that we both like in other things, and we absolutely despise the character that he played in one of Zack's other movies. Yeah, Henry Cavill is Superman. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I'm drawing a blank. Je Jesse Eisenberg as oh, yeah. Lex Luthor. I, I love Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yeah, like, I do too. Like, I low-key am like, I'm like a low key Jesse Eisenberg stan, right? Like I love <laughs> watching him in movies. Um, Thirty minutes or less, is, him and Aziz Ansari have some of the best like buddy cop chemistry that we've seen in a long time in a movie. Um, the the art of uh, self defense. Self defense. Oh man, that was so good. It's amazing. Yeah. It was it was one of my two favorite movies last year, um, and I actually just recently rewatched it. Uh, but yeah, no, Zombieland. Right. Well, and yeah, that go that goes without saying. Yeah, I mean, Zombieland is. I, I think Zombieland is probably his best movie. I mean, he was great. So, it's I mean, he not, was, it's he, not. He made Mark Zuckerberg seem like a human, ish, in the social instead network. of an alien, instead of whatever the hell he is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so no, you you're spot on. Like Kate, not 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 a good character. Not not worth the screen time like it really easily could have been like maria new nor or new lily right or right or maybe uh chambers or not chambers uh guzman new lily as a coyote something you know like that would have made a little more sense and they bribed you know uh bert theorossi's character into meeting her or you know me getting on getting onto the base to see her um the other kind of nitpick I had is how easy it was for them to get through, and it was one solitary two-by-four that separated humanity from a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, considering that they had cargo shipping containers around most of the city, and, or and parts of the city. And how smart those alphas were, and how they showed, like, these zombies can sniff out, like, food. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Those were my two. Kate and that were my two big. Uh, well, my, my other nitpick, and it, it makes for good uh, visuals, but there were every single person on here was like looking like boom headshot experts. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but we don't know how long the zombie apocalypse had been happening, right? So they they very well could be trained to to because they didn't there weren't any like a lot of like ra there wasn't a lot of like range fighting here it was they were relatively point blank. Yeah. Well, no, still like when you, when Kate was in the hotel and the zombies are all the way down. I know they were running towards her, but and again these are zombies. You're talking about how smart they was yeah. they were, 
they was. Okay. okay. English language, please. <laughs> Words are hard, Daryl. Words yeah. are hard. <laughs> Where you were talking about, because when Martin takes the, you know, Bolo's up mm-hmm. the queen and that other alpha with her. Yeah. And he's mo- he's running side to side and Martin can't hit him. Right. Which I thought that was a really cool addition to how showing how how intelligent yeah. these zombies are. Parkour. They're they're not running just running in a straight line. The guy was like, "No, you can't hit me." And Serpent, he was hitting him, but serpentine, he, he, serpentine. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody yelled at poor Rick and Stark as he ran through the field. Oh, jeez. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah. You know, um, the other thing was when when Lily dropped the queen's head. That was freaking cool. Like the way it just yeah. kind of like flattened out and everything came out of it. And it was like, oh, someone can wear that as a mask. <laughs> <laughs> so like the whispers in The Walking Dead would have been like, oh, that is sought after. Um, but yeah. All right. Um, so we're at 46 minutes. We've gone 16 minutes over our half hour goal. So out of decapitated, decapitated, decapitated. Uh, words are hard, Brian. Words are hard, Daryl. Very hard. Okay. Out of 10 decapitated queen zombies. I give this a 7.5. It was one of those that is just, again, it's so enjoyable so much fun and like one of the things i i sent you that video about chris gore talking about why so yeah, many movies suck now i haven't watched yet so it was one of the things he said you're here to entertain me yep not to lecture me so. and this was a the quintessential entertaining movie that to, to what you said earlier as far as this would be would have been a good movie to see at the theaters yeah i would have liked this I, who knows I might get a wild hair up my ass and like one time this week and just go see it in theaters. I'm off we'll Friday. See. Maybe I'll go see it Friday. Um, yeah, no, this is uh the cool thing about this, right? And uh, I'm going seven out of ten. Um, not to be like, you know, differentiating or anything like that. Um, but I like you know like talking degree of difficulty. I think seven is as high as I would have gone with this movie. This is the second time you've done that with something. I, so, I like the, the I like the way that you're, kind of saying, hey, based on this and based kind of like how they do in gymnastics or diving, this is how hot this is the far as far as you can go, and I like that. I mean, it's a simple movie. It, it really yeah. is. Like, um, <clears throat> where what was it? What did we just watch that over? Oh, uh, where Jupiter's Legacy overcomplicated everything. The, mm-hmm. This took the zombie narrative and added some complex aspects to it, but it was just really a simple movie. There are people who are going to steal money from a vault that they should have been given the code to. Um, yes. And uh, they were never meant to make it out. That was obvious from the from the mm-hmm. moment Scorpion was like, oh, yes, so you know, I already got the insurance money, so now I want this money tax free. Except for I'm going to give you uh, a quarter of it. Um, so, yeah. Like as soon as he said that, I'm like, okay. Um, none of these people are meant to make it, but it was fun. It looked nice. This is what a summer. This is what a summer like er, early summer, quote unquote blockbuster movie should be. Um, Pre pandemic. The you know again like I feel like a seven is the top for the degree of difficulty for this, um, but pre pandemic this movie probably makes three hundred million dollars domestic, yeah, and probably I, another I so. hundred and eighty million dollars overseas, um, just because I, I don't I don't think this plays well in other parts of the world, but you know I mean it's a fun movie I it's gonna be rewatchable I saved it to my to my list on on Netflix so I'll definitely watch it again. Um, I didn't watch it a full second time. I just kind of cherry pick scenes uh, for for things that I felt like I missed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I missed, <laughs> I missed that little baby coming out of the Queen the first time. So I did too. I must have. I went back, walked and, out, or something. Uh, well, we were at my in laws for my nephew and my grand or my father in laws birthday so i uh i was not 
paying as much attention because the little one kept coming near me and I needed to throw him around. So <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I don't like, you know, and I, I'm whatever, seven and a half. That's great for you. But for, you know, for me, like I said, like I, I felt like this lived up to what it needed to live up to. And the best this movie could do in my eyes was a seven. Yeah, that that's so. totally. I, I actually like just the way you're thinking about that now. Yeah, well, like the degree of difficulty. So, like, you know, for for you know the last four years of reviewing movies, I mean, like, you know, we're coming up on six, uh, or the sixth anniversary of the show next month, or well, mm, a little over a month. Um, you know, I I've always said like I've always ranked movies based on the movie, not like how they stack up against each other. And, right. And so, like, the more I've been thinking about it, it's like, oh, no, this is this is the right way to measure a movie. It's what what is the ceiling for this movie and how close did it come to it? Yeah. And I That's felt fair. like I felt like this was a fun movie. It was enjoyable. I liked it. I thought it looked nice. I thought technically it was done well. I think, if anything, this proves my point that Zack Snyder should be a director of photography and not a full director. But this is his first credited role as director of photography. Yeah. Right on. I mean, which I thought was in, very uh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, well, we went way over a half hour. Yeah, but, but we didn't hit an hour, so we do like to talk. So, anyway, uh, yeah. On that note, this has been the bonus review of Army of the Dead. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Um. Go buy a shirt from Brad at Flying Pork Apparel. Go to infamouspodcast.com and click on the shop button and buy a shirt. They're awesome. There's a new one coming out soon. All right. Any last words? Nope. That's it. All right. I think well, everybody should check to that. Give it a watch. Yep. Give it a watch. And then go to Flying Pork Apparel and buy a shirt. Talk to you later. This podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast we have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear music for this podcast is provided by michael henry from themichaelhenry.com so whenever you're listening to us have a great day night evening weekend whenever it is and we'll see you next time thanks for listening